Thank you so much for listening to our podcast here at the Greenwood Church of God. We are so excited that you have found us here. Our prayer is that this podcast would enrich your life and give you strength for this week ahead. Thank you so much for being here. Now enjoy the podcast. That you would hide me behind the cross and let Jesus be glorified. In his name we pray and everybody says... Amen and amen. I want you, if you would, to just um, focus today on the scripture that is found in 2 Kings chapter 2. 2 Kings chapter 2. I'm going to be looking at an old familiar passage. I'm going to be looking at something very simple today. Hopefully it will be something that maybe you've never seen before. And um, I make no kind of bones about it. This is an old type of um, revelation that the Lord spoke to me. Uh, But for some reason, not long ago, several months ago, he he put it in my heart. And I'm going to be sharing it with you um, today. And so I want you to go with me, if you would, to the book of 2 Kings. We're going to be looking at chapter 2. So 2 Kings chapter 2. It is so good to have everybody in the house of the Lord. We are approaching our summer months and those are always um, good because you don't know what's going to be going on. It keeps you anticipating. But we thank you so much for being here today. I want to remind you that if you were not here, we would not be able to have what we have here. So I thank you for being here today. Thank you for being here in attendance. Thank you for worshiping with us. I want to start in verse 1 of 2 Kings chapter 2. So verse 1 of 2 Kings chapter 2. I want to say we was able to get our MIP graduate graduated. And so if you get a chance, if you know how to reach Scott and Stephanie, let them know. Congratulations. They are doing a wonderful job. Um, in Bethany and so just continue to pray for them if you would we are so proud of all that they have accomplished I want to look at 2nd Kings chapter 2 I'm going to start in verse 1 it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal remember these places Gilgal and Elijah said unto Elisha, Terry, here, I pray thee, for the Lord that sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. Remember that. I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha, and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he said, Yea, I know it. Hold your peace. And Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord that sent me to Jericho. And he said, As the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. 
And the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he answered, Yea, I know it. Hold ye your peace. And Elijah said unto him, Terry, I pray thee here, for the Lord that sent me to Jordan. And he said, As the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And they too went on. Verse 7. And fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off, and they too stood by Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters, and they were divided thither and, uh, hither and thither, and so that they too went over on dry ground. It came to pass, when they were gone over, that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee. Before I had taken away from thee, and Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of the Spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that behold, there appeared chariots of fire and horses of fire, and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his clothes and rent them in two pieces. I'm sorry it's so long, but it's important, so here. And he took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Father, I pray that you would anoint me today and let me share this simple message. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You know, I know we don't have a lot of movie buffs here probably, but for me, growing up, when I did, we would watch movies. There was a particular movie that stood out in my mind when I began to think about sharing this message, and that was Rudy. Anybody remember Rudy? Rudy was a story of a man that would walk on at the University of Notre Dame and he had no chance of playing, but he never gave up. He never would give up. In fact, when you look at the movie, it, it, it kind of, um, it's rare that I will talk about movies in church, but as far as I remember, it was a pretty decent movie. And, um, and, and he would play on that field and would never get a chance to suit up for the team. But in the last scenes of that movie, he gets a call at the last game to play. He suits up. He puts on the gear. He's standing out there on the sideline. And the players protest toward at the end because the coach was not going to put him in. But at the end of the game, he kind of reluctantly shoved him into the game. And in the end of that game, he got a sack on, I believe it was the quarterback, and it, the, the crowd just erupted into a roar, Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. And in that movie, it was a scene of an individual that never gave up. As you looked at him in the classroom and his family or whatever, he had a determination. And in the last scene, you see him being celebrated by his teammates lauded by his fans and none of that would have ever been accomplished if he would have slacked up on his commitment in any area of his life. 
So today I want to talk to you just solely on that topic alone, committed. We are committed in our life as Christians. We should be committed. We should be determined. In this passage we see the prophet Elijah is soon to be um, lifted up into heaven. Elijah never sees death. Elijah is translated like Enoch. He was and then he was not. We see Elijah there tells his, his, his prophet protege, Elisha, at the end. He said, if you see me, when I go up, you'll get what you have asked, a double portion. But the story doesn't begin there. It begins in the first part of 2 Kings chapter 2. They start off at this place called Gilgal. They go from Gilgal and then they go to this place called Bethel. And then from Bethel they go to this place called the, uh, Jericho. And then from Jericho they cross over the Jordan. So today I just want to share with you this, this simple reminder of how we should be as people determined. I want you to know this, you can't slack, you can't say, well, I'm committed in this area, but not in that area. I'm committed to the Lord in this, this part of my life, but I'm not committed in this part of my life. You must find commitment in every stage of your life. Can somebody say amen? In this passage, you see them starting off at Gilgal. I want to talk to you about four stages of commitment, four areas of commitment. I want to challenge you in these four areas that we can glean from in this story that if we will remain committed in every area that we can see God send a double portion to His people. The first one is the start it's not hard to start serving God and being committed at the beginning, the home base, the first of where it started out. Do you remember when you first believed? I remember when I first believed. In fact, I have seen many people in the faith start to believe and that is the easiest place. The fire, the fervor, the excitement is there. You, feel, you, you see people with a glow in their eye. They're going to serve, serve the Lord. They're, gonna, they're going to do anything they can to serve Him. But in, 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 in the long run, eventually, it gets the best of them. You see, the Bible says something about that in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 11. It says, Returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong. Neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. But time and chance happen upon them all. You understand that this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. Somebody say, Amen. See, when you look at Gilgal, you can also see even with the house of the prophets or the school of the prophets that this was the place that they would say was one of their home bases. It was a place of familiarity. It was a place that they were accustomed to. And you know, that is really an easy place to serve the Lord. But I want to share with you this thought. You better serve the Lord and be faithful to the Lord at your home as well as 
was anywhere else. Somebody say amen for me today. If you cannot be faithful at home, if you can't watch what you watch or talk how you talk at home, then you can't serve the Lord at any other place in your life. If you can't pray at home, you shouldn't be praying in public. If you can't serve the Lord at home, you shouldn't try to serve the Lord in public. Let me tell you, the old children's song says, I believe it is, be careful little eyes what you see. Be careful little ears what you hear. How does it go? It says, for the Lord above, He is looking down below. God sees everything that we do. And if we confess Him in the public of society, we should be able to serve Him at home. Somebody say amen today. The second place. So they, they find themselves at Gilgal and they start there. And Elijah says to Elisha, look at verse 2. He says, Elisha, I want you to just tarry here for a moment. I want you to stay here. And as the Lord liveth, thy soul liveth. I will not, or I want you to stay here. And Elisha says, I will not leave. As the Lord liveth, I will stay with you. I won't leave you for nothing. I'm going to be on you, clinging to you, holding on to you. I'm committed to what we have started. And so the next place they find themselves going, they say they go down to Bethel. If you know anything about Bethel, it's the house of God. In fact, you see Bethel being named in the book of Genesis, I believe it is, when, when the Bible says that Jacob encounters God there and he calls that place Bethel. It is the house of God. I want you to know you, you don't just serve God at home. One thing COVID got us really in the worst of condition is that we get used to just watching online services, but nothing can compete with being in the house of God. I don't know about you, but one thing about me is when I'm watching it online, I find myself doing something else while I'm watching the service. And I'm just telling on myself my ADD kicks in and I begin to get preoccupied. But nothing takes the place of going into the house of God. When you look at the house of God, I want you to understand that it is imperative that you find yourself faithful to His house. I want you to understand that it is imperative that you take your kids to the house of God. Somebody say Amen. I want to share with you my testimony that you've heard time and time again. I would find myself in the house of God every moment, every hour I was in His house. I found myself there on Sunday, on Sunday night, on Wednesday night, on Monday night. There, I was at the house of God almost as much as I was at school. We were there all the time. But I'm reminded what... Proverbs 22 says, it says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. There's something that latched on to me when I would go to the house of God. When my dad would say, son, it's time to get up. I've got to go teach Sunday school. I've got to get to the house of God. Or when the preacher was moving in and he would say, son, we got to go move the preacher in. There was something inside of me that... 
it would latched on to me and I realized that the house of God was one of the most powerful places that you could raise your family in. Yes, you serve Him at home, but there's something about being in the house of the Lord. David said it like this in Psalms 122. He said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I want you to hear what David also says in Psalms 84. He says, for a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. I want you to understand there is something about the house of the Lord. This is where believers dwell. This is where the sinners can come and find rest. This is where we build each other up in our faith. When I look at you that have gone through some of the hardest things in your life and I say you made it another week. And when you look at me and you say well the preachers made it through. And you can say if he made it I can make it. Don't quit going to the house of God. I want you to hear this preacher real quick. I'm not trying to diminish roles. I'm just telling you there's a role for you. I want you to find something that you can be a part of. Find a class. Find a person that needs a place in the, uh, to, to find Jesus. Find a place in the church that you can put your hands to and begin to work in. Find a dish. Find something that you can participate in so you can raise your family in the house of God. So you can raise yourself in the house of God. And so you can see how wonderful and powerful the house of God can be in your life. Somebody say amen. He said, I'm not leaving here. And he ended up in Bethel. And at Bethel, he said, I'm going to stay committed. Today, we have a dilemma in the church. We're more... I, I, I'm not going to meddle. But I want you to know that we are more committed to the things of this world than we are the house of God. The house of God has become just something that we are a part of. Not something that we are. Something that we have to go to. I understand there's times that you can't make it. I understand that there's times that you walk in and you feel like you don't get nothing out of it. Hey, look, there's times I've got done preaching before. I'm like, man, if they got anything out of that, shoo, out of that. And you know the craziest thing is when I'm the most prepared is when that's how I feel. And then sometimes when life is so hectic and I'm like, man, that was horrible. Somebody walks up and says, man, that's the best thing you've ever said in your life. I'm like, man, were you listening to the same thing? But I want you to know is that this is the place you should be. Not just this church, but the house of the Lord. Be faithful to His house. Be faithful to His dwelling place. Take your family to the house of God. If you expect your children to serve the Lord when they leave the home, you better make sure they're in the house of God. He said, I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to serve you at home. And I'm going to serve you at the house of God. Yes, amen. I'm going to serve you. Next place they go, 
they find themselves in Jericho. Now in this part of the point I want to tell you is that Jericho, when you look in the Old Testament, is an imagery of the world. It's the imagery of, uh, of, 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 of lasciviousness. You see, a lot of people were leaving Jerusalem or Bethlehem and they were going to Jericho. Jericho was a wicked place. The walls failed as they were going into the promised land. So I want to share with you just for a moment as they leave Bethel. As they leave Bethel here in the book of 2 Kings, once again, Elijah, Elijah is going and Elisha is told, don't go. Elijah, Elisha is told, stay here. In fact, towards this point, I want you to go, if you would, to 2 Kings. I want you to begin to look at the progression. I want you to begin to look at this progression. So as they leave there, there at Bethel, you find in verse 4, And Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Jericho. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. He said, I'm not going to just leave you here. I'm going to go with you to Jericho as well. And when we look at this thought of Jericho today in the scripture, I want you to hear this as I'm talking about the world. Because a lot of the church people and a lot of the Christians that I find myself being in contact with, we can serve them in the church and we can serve them in the in home. But when we get into the world, it's as if we find ourselves living a different lifestyle. It's as if we are a double agent. And you know that we cannot be double agents in this thing called Christianity. You can't act one way in the church and then one way in in the world. See, we are told that we are in this world, but we're not of this world. In fact, we are light in a dark place. Amen. And we are to walk in the light as he is in the light. Now, preacher, does that mean that we've got to be perfect? I don't think anyone is perfect, but one man, and that was Jesus, our Lord. But what I do see here is that Elisha said, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow you in Gilgal. I'm going to be committed to you in Bethel. But then he finds himself at Jericho. And I just want to tell you what Jericho means in the Old Testament. It is a sign of the world. And I want to tell you today that when we find ourselves at Walmart, when when we find ourselves um, 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 at, at the restaurant, when we find ourselves at the ball fields or wherever we find ourselves, we must still be committed to the Lord in every area, including the world. Preacher, you don't know. You, you, you preach every Sunday. You, you, all you know is church. Well, I do know that at the age of 15, I found the Lord Jesus Christ. I decided to follow Jesus at such a young age. In fact, one of my first counselors, Brent, is right back there. So he remembers me. If you don't know, that's that we, we have guests today. Y'all let them know that it's good to see them after church. But he saw me as a young boy. And he saw me serving the Lord. And I decided 
decided at, the, at a very young age that I would follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And I decided to never go back. I would never put myself in situations that would cause me to sully the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I said I am going to serve the Lord and I am going to serve Him only. I lost friendships. I lost popularity. I lost things that other people were going after. But the only thing I was considering was I counted it all as dung. And I said, oh, I want to know Him and the power of His resurrection and the joy of His suffering. See, what we've got to get to as the church is that we don't just worship Him here on Sunday, but we serve Him at aisle 13 at Walmart. We serve Him at the grocery store aisle at Marketplace that when somebody sits us down at the Mexican restaurant and we get bad service we can still say we serve the Lord and we love Jesus because we don't just serve Him here we serve Him out there as well we must stay committed in this world Jesus found out about this. The Bible said that he came in on the scene and he found himself after the baptism, he found himself going into this wilderness of temptation. He was tempted. Let me tell you, you can go into this world and you're going to find temptation. You're going to find struggles. You're going to find the enemy is out to kill, steal, and destroy he wants to destroy marriages. He wants to destroy homes. He wants to destroy the reputation of the church. But I want the church to be seen as somebody that says, when I go out into this world, I'm going to be committed to Jesus Christ. Oh, I, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. It is not always easy. It is sometimes difficult but I lay aside every sin and every weight that does so easily beset me and I look unto Jesus the author and the finisher of my faith and when they see me in this world I want them to say that's somebody that is committed to the Lord no matter what so they find themselves there in the world he stays committed at Gilgal stays committed at Bethel and he stays committed in Jericho. Now, open your Bible up if you would. And I'm, I'm going to close. Verse 6. And Elijah said unto him, Terry, I pray thee, here. For the Lord has sent me to Jordan. Now, Jordan is a body of a water, river. And he said, as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And they too went. Now, the more you progress in your commitment, Amber, would you come and get ready? Just get on the front row if you would. The more you are committed to the Lord, and the more you serve Him, eventually, there's always those naysayers. There's always those people that say, you know, 
do you really have to go this Sunday? You know, do you really have to go on Wednesday night? Do you, do you really have to say no to that? See, as Elisha began to progress in his dedication and commitment to the Lord, there rose 50 of those prophets that says, you do know that he's leaving you. You do know it's not going to work out the way you want it to work out. You do know you're just going to church too much. See, you're looking at somebody that as he graduated his senior year, and I, I may have some classmates that are watching this. Y'all know, y'all have heard me say it. For those that haven't, I'm going to say it again. In the newspaper of my senior graduation, Michael Mooneyham Senior Prophecy, he's going to marry Amber. They're going to get a house up on the hill, and they're only going to come down for church and go back and never go anywhere else. That was my senior prophecy. Now you may think, well that was nice. No, I believe that was a little slap in the face. Because I didn't go to senior parties. I didn't participate in all the other things that they wanted to participate in. Because I was preaching the gospel at the age of 16. I'm not bragging on myself. But they, it was almost as if they were some of the... You don't really have to do all of that. I can do all of that and still go to heaven. That is false doctrine. I want you to understand that it still be faithful unto death and then you will receive a crown of life. And so here he is faithful at the start. Here he is faithful at the house of God and now he finds himself faithful in the world but now he finds himself at this place called the Jordan. The Jordan being a river and they find themselves there and he's told you don't have to go anywhere else. If you know anything about a river that's a crossing. You know, I'm reminded about the old song that we find in the hymn book, and I just want to I want I want to I want to kind of um, quote it for you if I can if I if I can remind some of our older saints this old hymn. It says, "Some through the water." And some through the flood. I see some mouthing it off. Some through the fire, but all through the blood. Some through great sorrow, but God gives a song. In the night season and all the day long. I want you to understand you will go through trials as a believer. Many are the affliction of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them from them all. A righteous man falls seven times but he will get back up you are not going to be exempt from any hardships if you don't think anxieties hit you you just wait your days right around the corner if you don't think you've ever been diagnosed with a sickness or your family hasn't been touched with it your day is right around the corner we can't escape it I know Jesus broke the curse of sin when he hung between heaven and, and earth but I want you to know we still deal with the evidence of the curse of sin until the day our bodies are glorified so you will find yourselves having to cross some rivers in your life. The question that this preacher has for you is are you going to stay committed when the troubled waters are standing right there in front of you? Are you going to say Lord that's just a little bit too much. I didn't know I was going to have to deal 
deal with this mental anguish, this physical anguish. I didn't know this was what you were asking of me. But I'm telling you today, if the child of God will not only serve him at the beginning, not only serve him in the world, not only serve him in the house of God, but when trouble comes their way, if the child of God says, hey, you got any rivers for me to cross? You got any mountains for me to climb? Like Caleb said, he said, give me this mountain because if God be for me, who can be against me? We may go through hardships. We may go through trials, but I'm telling you today, just hang on. Just keep going. Just stay committed in the times of trials and God will get you over. How do I know that? Come here, Amber, if you would. I've asked my wonderful wife to come and she's going to share something. You're talking about rivers. Share just a moment. I gave her a time limit, so. Um, I suppose he's wanting to talk about all of the miracles, but I remember as an 11-year-old girl seeking God and being desperate for him and at camp meeting the preacher praying over me and said that the Lord was going to heal me. And I thought, well, I've never even been sick a day in my life. And a few months later, of course, I get sick and I had lupus. And they told me I'd never live to graduate high school. or And they got so bad to where they were just coming to my house. And I had to go to school with an IV in my hand. And it, it was terrible as a teenager. But... But I kept holding on to the fact that God said he was going to heal me. And he healed me of lupus. And, and then he healed me of so many other things there. Not long after they said it. I didn't even know I was going to say this. This morning when I said God. When they said that I wasn't going to have children. But God gave me three children. Because he's God. He's pulled a seven pound mass just right out of my stomach and, and said that now you can have your child, which is why faith is named faith. He's, he's done so many miracles in my life. He's healed me of incurable diseases. And, and sometimes you get to a point you think, God, I cannot take anymore. But he always gives you strength. And then I remember last year as as, as my dad was dying and he he struggled with with sickness and it was it was hard and he always had a smile on his face and I remember holding his hand because on my way there praying I, I felt the Lord tell me that he was going to have his complete healing and I knew when he said complete healing what that meant and as I was holding his hand and he said I said man I said, because this is really hard counting it all joy when you're sitting here suffering and just hooked up to a machine. And he looked at me and he said, Amber, if one person gets saved, all of this is worth it. And it was like all of a sudden I realized that no matter how hard our life is, if we trust in God, other people's lives are changed because of your faith, because of how you believe in Christ. So it doesn't matter if you're sick or even if you're dying. Because my dad died with a smile on his face because he got to see Jesus.
to our podcast today we are so thankful that you chose to join us in this way but we would also love for you to come and join us in person at 1102 sergeant john Pittman parkway in greenwood mississippi our service time is at 10 40 a.m and we would love to see you here thank you once again for listening we hope to see you soon god bless